Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Hey, friends. This show blew my mind. Dr. Sudhir Gad joined me in studio. This guy, my goodness, he is a board-certified psychologist, a physician scientist, a commander in the U.S. Navy Reserve on active duty, and the medical director for the Center for Recovery and Wellness. Now, I may have gone through the gristmill of cancer, but thankfully, one of the few things I've fortunately not ever had to deal with was major depressive disorder, anxiety, stress, suicidal thoughts and tendencies, or similar critical mental health issues, outside of it just being Jewish and crazy. Dr. Gad is specializing in low-dose lithium and the evidence-based research behind how it is helping and sometimes curing manic depressive and major depressive disorder. So it's really humbling to bring this conversation to my show where I'm the armchair expert in awe of the progress being made on behalf of millions of Americans facing critical mental health issues every day. But what truly blew my mind was when I found out the origins of 7-Up Soda. Wait for it. Enjoy the show. So, dear, welcome to Out of Patience. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm, I was enthralled when your agent manager, publicist, someone who rightfully should be on your payroll, hit me up and said, you got to have this guy on your show. And my co-founder, Andrew, and I were like, uh, yeah, how timely, how relevant, how absolutely um, topic of the day mental health has become. Uh, why are you in this business? It must be very taxing. I, I think I had to be, uh, and it is less taxing than it used to be, but it's certainly still stressful because there's just so much more I'm doing now. But I don't think I could have done what I am doing without certain discoveries and without certain realizations about lithium. And I think we'll talk a lot about that. But why, look, a few blocks from here are the Twin Towers of where they stand, right? And that's when I was in med school. That's That day was when I was in my first day of medical rotations just across the river at Brooklyn Hospital. And so it's quite etched as to what I saw that day and the people that I reached out to help and going to Ground Zero and feeling like uh, the stories had a pull, the darkness of what needed to still be learned and understood and cultivated in mental health was still significant. And that only was you know, more formative in why I chose psychiatry, which I didn't anticipate ever choosing before medical school. 
And I grew up in the 80s when mental health were not words that went together before. You were just crazy, right? We just kind of threw people on the roof for fresh air. Right. You know, <laughs> how far we come in terms of society's recognition. But do you feel like, I mean, yes, 9-11 and maybe the housing crisis, all, there's been endless stressors on human civilization causing this. My question to you is, has it always been there or are we now more aware of it? It has always been there. It's getting worse. And I think we're also getting more aware of it because we can use terms like this. We can use terms like self-care and even brain health, which I think is an advance on mental health, which is still between mind and brain, there is such a gap of understanding. And uh, the more that we can kind of look at the brain as an organ, an electrical sponge of sorts that is... uh, almost infinite in connections. I mean, when you line up the neurons, you'll you'll go past the moon. It's that significant just between our ears that much that if we can start to look at the brain as an organ that has overheating and circuit issues and traffic jams of electricity as pure energy electricity first, then I think we also have a better chance of removing some stigma about how thoughts, behaviors, and actions spring from these electrical system changes. Was psychiatry always in your future, or you you made a decision to go into that specialty? No, it was a a building concept, right? It was, I mean, sure, I loved Fraser Crane. <laughs> All right, I'm listening. <laughs> uh, man, I got to meet that guy someday. I think I am going to meet uh, Niles soon. I have uh, David Hyde Pierce. That's oh right. My God, that's right. Count uh, me jealous. I'm. Looking forward to June, uh, a specific event where I hope to see him. But anyway, you know, you know whether it's the concept of being a doctor was what pulled me. I loved the the furious curiosity that I could bring. I was a pretty furious kid, but not significantly destructive. You know, just wanting to be things differently and and see things differently and do things better. And and so the curiosity of this field of medicine of what and the how and the why of of living it, it could never have been something i didn't do i had to try to do that and then once i got into it i realized okay so am i just going to look up labs and imaging and be that pragmatic about healthcare because that seems pretty clinical pragmatic and excuse me easy i mean it's not, but it was very whack-a-mole approach, mm-hmm. it seemed like. It seemed like there was no room for artistic exploration um, or even time with people. So in psychiatry, I think there was this soft middle. And at times that's the that's the problem, is that psychiatrists are seen as, you know, lesser or not practicing real medicine or, you know, not Well, it's a different elasticity emotionally with patients, you know, allopathy in traditional medicine has to be very linear. It's very scientific, very binary in many cases. You need this, you need this, you have this. Whereas you're dealing with all the cats inside your head, (laughs) trying to to order them up when, when things keep making them worse and worse. Yeah. And you can't measure, and this is what you're referring to, is how can you really measure illness there, right? It's, it was in pretty much remains self-reporting, the subjective. So where's the objective? And now we're beginning to find, okay, maybe there are ways to 
look at sleep patterns on your ring or your app. Maybe there are ways to look at how you're using social media. Maybe there are ways in which your cytokines, which is what I've been researching lately and published on, and other people are as well, how inflammation is involved here. Overall metrics of uh, vital signs and wellness and functioning are being applied where we we didn't really think about this before. Uh, So it's going to add to it, I think, the ability to know when you're not at your best for others to be able to know and then what do we do about it i mean i'm a student of history and again diagnosed 27 years ago in the 90s as i mentioned at the top of the show very very different environment to appreciate that there's more than just get over it therapy and i'm i love to talk about how in 1986 a group of people some young rapscallions joined in Albuquerque to invent an organization called the National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship. The very first time it was even an idea that the how you live your life with and beyond cancer is more than just biology. And survivorship was mental health. We just called it that. And I wish I had that <laughs> when I was diagnosed. But to get involved and see how the cancer community, I won't say was the birth of mental health in disease, but it really did like bring more awareness to that. You know, I think what did Lance say? Lance Armstrong, cancer may leave your body, but it never leaves your life. The gift that keeps on giving, and that's tons of post trauma. I mean, <laughs> I still have anxiety twenty seven years later. But do you feel that we're kind of beyond the you have to go through crazy shit to have PTSD? We're just living life in today's frenetic culture, is just conducive towards it. Yeah, no, I think (laughs) you bring up really two uh, things I would love to talk about. One is, you know, the influence of cancer and and how we talk about it, and not just being a cancer, quote, survivor, but where is the zone of prevention? How do we even apply mental health concepts to improve cancer outcomes, right? I don't even think Sloan Kettering does as good a job as they could on this concept. There's so much more we can do for someone going through chemotherapy, which is a blanket term for something that is evolving by the day Mm -hmm. in terms of immunotherapy, in terms of more targeted treatments, in terms of not just using insane stuff like vincristine, right? Oh, God, yes. You know. So That's a trigger word for me. Excuse me. I, <laughs> I'm horribly offended, sir. <laughs> so, you know, th- these, these chemicals, they don't have to be used at the dosing or without a lot of the holistic components that enhance outcomes. That's all really important. Remarkable data coming out on uh, lithium use in small amounts and sometimes higher amounts with cancer treatments and before cancer treatment, even in prevention-wise. But can you get PTSD without being traumatized? Isn't just living right now, looking around at burning <laughs> burning this planet down yep. while your bank account burns with it and being worried about just walking outside, going to school, or turning on the latest flash of hell from either Eastern Europe or China, uh, or Turkey that. and right. Syria as right. of this taping. Right. Yeah, the I mean, when you know, When you know the earth is now pissed off, right, and coming back with its own array of mechanisms, whether they be viruses, I like to call viruses the earth's immune system against us, the antigens. Right. 
right? We're Us the virus. The We're the parasites. Yes. Absolutely. So, of course, you could have PTSD from that while you're on your phone and you can't even look around at the beautiful world we still are in. You know, yes, uh, amidst images that you're not in, to, to live now is more traumatic in many ways because the, the bigger issues are so seemingly out of our control, but they're not. I think the word dopamine has become a cultural trope at this point now, but let's talk about that. The dopamine hit, right, of social media, reinforcement, you know, uh, what's it called, uh, informed bias, right? It just keeps us addicted to the things that they know make them money and make us, you know, I'll say just more crazy as a metaphor, but the entire point is to drive us to endless consumption so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that we just destroy ourselves. Is that accurate? It, it may be. I mean, that's very... Just say yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Doc. Look, uh, when you when you mentioned the dopamine, I think about, and devices, I think about kids right now, right? And dopamine used to be about sex, drugs, rock and roll, Sundays, ice cream, uh, Sunday A.E., right? Uh, oh, God, Sunday <laughs> E. Who says that anymore? Wow. So, Throwback. And and chocolate, right? These, these decadent mm-hmm. moments and items, uh, but... Now it's about validation in micro amounts that is gone. And it's just gone by the hours nearly. Mm-hmm. But if you look at statistics of kids, and there's, this is so alarming, and I wish they would look at this more, it's not just the economic instability, and I'll show you, talk about statistics there too, but it's also how since 2008, give or take a couple of years, to now, the use of sex, drugs, and rock and roll as dopamine items has decreased the incidence of use of antidepressants and antipsychotics and ER visits and suicidality in kids. 2000, since year 2000 onwards, yeah. all of that has increased. So the kids are not all right. And the only thing connected that has risen since then is the intoxicant of the digital space, Mm -hmm. is phone use. So if you have this amazing device that you can connect and destroy other kids with, bully them all day or, you know, adore them all day to the detriment of your grades, Mm -hmm. you know, you you will overuse it. That brain, pre-25 for, you know, girls pre-20, ish, you know, give or take for boys is more or less un, unformed in its disinhibitory connections, in, excuse me, inhibitory connections. So the ability to with, refrain from taking the Oreos, the ability to refrain. It's addictive. Yes. I was watching um, uh, Goonies with right. my 13-year-old girl. Okay. And she loved it, but she's like, this movie is so slow. <laughs> and I remember being like raucous and yeah. insane in 1980, whatever it was. But the frenetic nature of media itself, this hit, 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 hit. I mean, we, we just watched, um, I don't know, like Rye and the Last Dragon from a couple of years ago. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great movie, but like every scene is like six seconds long. You know, is is that also a way that increases anxiety and stress? Because you just... You're like a hairless cat shaking just because you need more frenetic media. Well, sure. I mean, it's uh, they're playing to the audience that they will, that they're able to get, right? Think about how you and I listen to music back in the day. We waited for it. 
Yes. Right? It came on the radio. We couldn't summon it unless you were, you know, rich and you had your records or your cassettes or your, that was it, right? Cassettes. Yeah. That was our, our zone. Uh, and then CDs came along, right? But it was still something you, and even when you're putting in the cassette, you're like, okay, now I know what's coming. It, but the radio and the array of non-commercialized stations as well, such a variety that you waited for those things. It was ceremonial versus having every item of music ever created at your fingertips mm -hmm. to, to flip through. And everything that easy also cheapens each of those things. So was the human body, let's go just back to basic evolutionary biology, were we designed for this level of accelerated input of information? No, but we had to, we, we were going to have to adjust. It's, we're not going backwards, right? right? This, this horse has left the barn. So, but I think if we look at it like if alcohol, we don't let pre 16 year olds drink significantly or mm -hmm. smoke, right? These are vices, they're tools. They are tools and vices, yeah. right? Same thing with the internet. I think we're we're giving it unregulated. Yeah. It's totally unregulated, That's unlicensed the to the kids. So we're giving them all packs of cigarettes and saying, light up. And then we're surprised that right. they have more ADHD, that they have more depression, that they can't sleep, that uh, they can't even look you in the eyes. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. We shouldn't be surprised. We're, we're giving them a, a tool which Congress... I'll bring everything back to those people that are failing to regulate because they're not paid to regulate it. Right. Yeah, all this talk of banning TikTok has been a narrative for like, what, three years now? It's never yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Now we got balloons up coming at us, and yeah. uh, we're still TikToking the time away. We are going to take a break on that happy note. We'll <laughs> 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 be right back after these words from Steven Spielberg. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
All right, let's talk about our favorite third element, lithium. Yes. Got a crazy history. I was doing some research. It was used for mania in the late 1800s. Somehow Denmark and then the, the Nordic countries are leading the way as the happiest countries, whether it's lithium or too much sun or not enough sun. But it was not approved by the FDA till like 1970. So it was unregulated. What helped it get regulated? Well, the, the history goes back to the beginning of time, actually. Right? Well, it is an element. It is. And it's, 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 as you said, the third element, but it's also the first solid. It's the first metal. Mm. It's the Led Zeppelin of metal. Nice. Okay. Never I mind. see what you did there. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it, it ignited the Big Bang. Okay. And even now when NASA looks out of the universe and looks at stars, it measures the amount of lithium present in each of those stars, in each of those suns, to see whether or not it has exploded off, contributed lithium to neighboring planets. If the lithium level in the star is low, it means there are exoplanets around it. So it is life-giving. And that's already remarkable in, in the physics of it. But then when you get it to how it is literally in every rock, lithos, lithium, means rock in Greece, uh, Greek. And it is in every person, mammal. It is in us already. It's an essential trace element, as per the WHO mm -hmm. as well. That the real power behind it begins to bubble up. And then you get to the fact that replicated studies around the world have shown that wherever it is present in water, or in terroir, in the region's soil, those regions are healthier. Healthier meaning less mental illness, less suicide, homicide, depression, psychosis, homicide, Alzheimer's. All of these separate studies have been done. But that's geography. That is epidemiology. the luck of geography. Well, you know, when it's, over, when it's replicated over and over, it's no longer luck, right? It is associative. That's what people would say, oh, well, it's an association. Yeah, but you can't ignore this association uh, as much as you can ignore that cigarette smoking is associated with cancer. Right. We know that that one is going to lead to another. Do you know why? Well, we're still figuring that out. Which of the combustion, combustive elements is it in a cigarette? We don't know. But we do know if you smoke, you're going to get problems with cancer and other issues. So it is an association. And then we start to look at, okay, there's a lot of people around history that have gone to these springs, right? Galen, founder of medicine, Mark Twain went to Lithia Springs in uh, Athens, Georgia. University of Georgia is there. West Texas, around Big Bend, Texas, remarkable zone. New Mexico, South America, all, again, replicated areas that have been sacred, these waters. Then here we go to 1870s, but really 1940s, John Cade, Australia, discovered actual lithium medically. But right before him, there was 7-Up. The soda? The soda. Uh, and that was the penultimate soft drink, the iconic beverage, which was, it capped about 20 years of remarkable beverages that we had around that time. You know, we can go on about Coca-Cola, but right after Coca-Cola, there was lithiated waters, bottled, sparkling or non, right from around the world. These were the first bottled waters. 
Bear Lithia Water from upstate New York. Uh, again, from down south as well, I mentioned all these places, but 7-Up was devised by a pharmacist, Bib Label Lithiated Lemon Lime Soda. That's what it was called. So 7-Up was bottled with lithiated water. With added lithium. In oh, they like they had fluoride these days? Like added Bingo. Lithium. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. Yes, and the atomic number of lithium is seven. It made you feel up. All right. This is the radio, so listeners cannot see my head splitting open. That is incredible. Yeah. You learn something every day. But look, in, in science, there is greed as well. And so what happens is when we have all these brands, right, from around the world competing in the lithium water market, and 7-Up is a gangbuster, it's like Gatorade++, plus plus. there is a product called Salty Salt that comes out. And this is pulled out lithium with chloride. So they start giving this as lithium chloride instead of sodium chloride as a salt substitute. Instead of a sweet substitute, a salt substitute. And a few people die. Oh, boy. Because That's all you need, right? Right. Just yeah. a couple of, you know, Bostonians, I think, who were probably on their way out anyway, uh, sprinkling this stuff willy-nilly on their steaks. This is a problem. You know, you, you don't know how much you're using. And I, people like to say the devil is the dose. So is the angel. Yeah. So with anything in the periodic table, we benefit from some amount. There is a boundary, a window of nutritional, medicinal, and toxic. Mm-hmm. Same with even potassium. But... That's when the FDA stepped in and said, wait a minute, this stuff is toxic and we should ban it all without looking at the fact that it was not harmful and it was probably helping the health of individuals overall as an anti-inflammatory. We'll get to the latest research on it. Right. But, you know, in general, John Cade, who I love as a psychiatrist, he discovered what is now known as the use of lithium salts for mania and depression, um, literally by studying it in guinea pigs. Wait, so it went away, it had a stigma, and it made a resurgence around when? Uh, around 1949, and then it was used significantly in Europe. But because of, I would say, the stigma from the salty salt and such, as well as market forces from antipsychotic manufacturers, there was a resistance to using it until, I don't know why it took that long, but it was widely used throughout Europe in the 50s and 60s, but here we are until the mid-70s only using it, uh, and even then was for very narrow fields. It was, it was only for bipolar depression, excuse me, bipolar mania and depression, but it wasn't and still isn't used significantly for suicide or suicidality for which it is still the most effective treatment. But the thing about lithium is, like I said, dosing. The dose for bipolar is between 600 to 1,200 milligrams of lithium carbonate, which is about 150 milligrams of actual lithium. Is that daily? Daily. And it saves those individuals' lives, but still, we got to monitor it. It keeps them out of hospitals, keeps them working and living. This is evidence-based at this point. Absolutely. This is knowledge, it's fact, it's data, it's published. Indeed. Those are the dosages. And I'd still say less is more even for individuals with real diagnosed bipolar disorder. But at the other end, all the way at the other end, is that presence in the water. So if we're talking 150 milligrams of 
elemental lithium at one end, at the extreme high end, the other end is one milligram in water per liter. Okay. That amount is around the recommended daily allowance that we're talking about most, most uh, in the most recent nutritional research 20 years ago onwards. And the dose that I'm studying and using and even taking is about 25 milligrams. Wait, so you're not just the hair color president, you're also a client? I have to be because, again, if I can you know, walk to, the walk and talk the talk, bingo, right? Yeah. And and you know, I, I I do it to prove safety, but that's not proof; that's anecdotal. But I can speak to it. I can tell people that I've studied it, and other people now are studying it. And this is in that middle zone between nutritional and low dose lithium, which is again twenty five of lithium carbonate or when I tell people who are curious, I say, you go lithium ahead. Lithium curious? Lithium curious, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they think they hear the 7-Up stuff, and I say, look, you can get this over the counter. It is at that around, lithium orotate would be that molecule, and you can look this up. There are some reputable companies. Around 25 milligrams or less is what you'd start with. You probably wouldn't feel anything negative on day one or two at all, period. But you might, at that tiny dose, feel improvements in mood, sleep, sharpness, mm -hmm. right? Especially the importance of REM sleep. As we age, we lose it. It's because of this enzyme called GSK3, which lithium inhibits. So that is an easy gateway to thinking that this isn't bad. This is actually a little bit of wind at my back. And that's why I started Third Element Water. Because Right, your company. Right. I wanted to create a lithium product that I knew was made in the USA, up in Minnesota, also included eight vitamins and minerals that we are generally deficient in, according to the CDC, between BCD, iodine, calcium, iron, a couple more. But you know, it included just that perfect amount of lithium in a flavored... Lemon lime fizz. Did you bring enough of the whole class? <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to share some with you, but <laughs> you know, no, I'm kidding. I, I want to talk a little bit about you know your life. You are in the psychiatric world. You deal with patients of many different spectrums of challenge, right? And you've had patients. I was reading on your site and some of your your articles. You've had patients die. They've killed themselves. Yeah. As is, I don't know if that's an. I don't. What's the appropriate way to say that? They've they, taken their lives. Sure. I want to. I'm an 80s guy. I don't know what to say anymore. But this notion of that that tragedy, how do you... I mean, lots of doctors listen to this show, many oncologists who lose children every day in the cancer ward. How do you go home and reconcile that? How do you turn that off, or can you turn that off for yourself and your family? Uh, you can dial it down. I don't think you can turn it off. And I think you want to learn from and honor, right, the people that you were given the trust to help. So I know that I've had you know, two patients that were in my private practice kill themselves. And each time there was, there was a very uh, eerie suspicion the next day. And then I heard the news, right? So I, I had dreams of one uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a way that I couldn't save someone. And then I found out. And as a result you know, of each, I, I, made it, I made changes to what I was saying, doing, prescribing even. So for each individual, they were 
given, they were given lithium, but maybe we could have, and they did have my number. So, I mean, part of it was that I did already know that I was doing as much as I could. Nearly every patient I see has my direct number. And that way they know that I'm not, I'm not going to leave them in a lurch, right? And that way it gets used less as well. But I, I think using small amounts of lithium in addition to whatever else benefits a patient has reduced the amount of suicide or suicidality that I've had to see. And I don't think I could have done this. I was not doing this very well before I started to use this after I finished up at Bellevue, where I worked for about seven or eight years. Uh, we were, you know, the, the alternate is polypharmacy, multiple medications, multiple antidepressants, off-label use of antipsychotics for children, things that... You- so is this being like, not to be conspiratorial, is this being suppressed over big pharma prescriptions? I, I feel like I've not heard this. And obviously I, I have many, many friends who are depressed and live with major depressive disorders. And, you know, we, we do our best as friends. It's like cancer. Like, what can I do to help? No, just there's nothing you can do to help. And is this not getting the attention it deserves nationwide? Right. So that's different between right being suppressed, perhaps, is that it's not getting the light on mm. it. And that's why I come to, you know, folks like you, right? Where, who have the, the ears of people, who have the trust of people, uh, who know that they're dealing with a savvy audience that is going to go and look up low-dose lithium, read for themselves who is doing this research. I'll tell you, it's not Merck, okay? It's not Abbott. It is the number one result right now is uh, the National Health System of Canada. It's, an, it's a universal health system. You know, uh, Justin listens to the show. I'm kidding. He doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> I hope someone uh, up there does because they're doing wonderful work. And, you know, you can, I, I'm more likely to rely on, you know, research coming out of there and, and really the intentions as well of a lot of doctors that I talk with up there because that's all they're focusing on. They, you know, they don't have, they're not as uh, demoralized mm-hmm. uh, as I think medical doctors in the United States are becoming. Uh, and that's the business of this, right? Well, we could do a whole other show about burnout as well. But I'd like to end. I was reading you have an article called The Five Things That Should Be Done to Improve and Reform the Health and Wellness Industry. But I'll, I'll predicate that as a quote. Symbiosis is paramount. And that road to it is paved with a bit of lithium. I love that. I like that. So I basically sum this up for you. You can, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Food is medicine. Celebrate. Don't medicate. Force equals mass times acceleration as opposed to potential equals mass times velocity, <laughs> which is force and momentum. Love and sleep. Did I do a good job there? You've, you've definitely mentioned some of the topics that I talk about there, right? And force equals MA, meaning you know, the more force you have by moving mass, meaning exercise and lifting weights, but also accelerating your own mass, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in terms of what we call cardio, leads to more life force. And so... Even even that research out of Canada talks about small amounts of lithium mimicking the same inflammatory changes as exercise. So if we use a little bit of that and do the wellness parts, it we can prevent a lot of inflammatory aging and chronic disease. 
All right. Well, we're going to go out after the show, get a drink, and write Lithium the Musical. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Dr. Sudhir Gad is a board-certified psychiatrist, physician, scientist, commander in the U.S. Navy Reserve. Thank you for your service. We, we kind of left that out, but that's really important. Next time we're on the show. And the medical director for the Center for Recovery and Wellness. And another plug for your product. Third Element Water. ThirdElementWater.com. Yes. There you go. Thank you very much. What a joy. I mean, non-omatic depressive joy. <laughs> we wish health and wellness to everybody on the show. Life ain't easy. Yogi Berra said if life were easy, we'd all do it. And I'll wrap with that. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is an off-script health production. The executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. It's mixed and edited by Kyle Moore. If you like the show, ratings and reviews are always welcome. Leave us a message anytime at 855-AUDIO-66. That's 855-AUDIO-66 to share your healthcare shitness with us. And we might just play them on the air on a future episode. For more information about this show and Offscript Health, visit offscript.com. That's offscript, no T, dot com. <laughs>